Hey y'all, you're listening to the Faith Church Sermon Podcast. We are so excited that you're connecting with us today. It is our desire for you to grow as a result of the resources we provide here. We pray that this blesses you today as you seek to know Him more. So we've been in this sermon series as a church family, working our way through a famous chapter in the Bible, Ecclesiastes 3. It's been made famous by a band from the 60s called The Birds that sang that song, To Everything. You know that one? Come on, sing along. No, we're not going to sing, but there's that song, right? There's this song about everything turn, 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 and it is super helpful to know that the Bible teaches that there is a time for everything and a season of every activity under the heavens, that when we actually embrace the fact that God brings seasons into our lives, that we can yield to these seasons left and right and learn a level of peace. It's super helpful to know this. Now, when Solomon wrote these words, Ecclesiastes 3, it was like a thousand years before Jesus was born, buried, died, rose again. So I don't think Easter was in his mind. And yet, there's a verse within this poem that he writes, Ecclesiastes 3, 6, that makes me think of Easter. Here it is. It says there's a time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. I think of Easter when I look at this because there's a time to search for eggs and a time to give up searching for eggs. <laughs> and there's a time to keep that old Easter outfit and there's a time to throw away that old Easter leisure suit, right? And so you could look at this and go, I could see why Easter might find its way into this. Yet we can look at this truth, right, that applies to our everyday life, that there is a time to search. We all know this. There's a time to search for something, and we know that there's a time to give up searching. There's a time to keep something and a time to give away. This is practical wisdom for us to embrace. And what makes the difference between when you know that you're supposed to search for something and when you're supposed to give up? When you know you should keep something or you should throw it away. Like, how do you make the decision to keep searching or not, to give up or not, to keep or throw away? It's one word. It's the word value. Depending on how valuable something is, you'll make the determination whether to seek it. If it's super valuable, you'll keep looking until you find it. If it's super valuable, you'll keep it, even though everything inside you, some people might go, that's a piece of junk, get rid of it. If it's valuable to you, that trophy from third grade that you've kept for 60 years, like it's valuable to you, you're gonna keep it. But where it's not valuable, you'll kind of look for something for a little bit and then you'll give up and go, ah, what's the big deal? I'm gonna throw it away. Value changes everything, whether you search for it or you give up searching. Whether you keep something or you stop, you get rid of it, right? And this has everything actually to do with Jesus's life and death and resurrection from the grave. That there is a time when something is so valuable that you won't stop searching for it. There is a time that something is so precious that you would never throw it away. In fact, what God would say to you and to me, that you are so valuable to him that he will never stop searching for you. That you are so valuable to God that he would never throw you away. The Bible teaches this from beginning to end, and I've experienced it myself, that that's how much we matter to him. And sort of, sort of going back, here's why. Here's what the Bible teaches. That God made you and loves you. 
And I know that's so basic, right? It's like, come on, really? I came to Easter Sunday to hear that? But it's super important to know this and to to focus on it, to look at it, that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit have lived together in perfect unity for all eternity before time and space ever existed. God the Father, God the Son lived together and they need nothing. They have each other and they have love. But in their love, they decide to create a world, to make something, to share their love with the world. And so the Genesis 1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it says that everything he created, God looks at it and goes, hey, that's pretty good. And then he gets to the end of his creation story and he makes man and woman and he makes us in his image. And he looks across all that he's made and he says, that's good. But then when he looks at humanity created in his image, he goes, now that's very good. He made us and he made us in love. He loves us. That's why he made us. And it's so basic, but so important. Acts chapter 17, verse 26 tells us why. It says, from one man, God made all nations. So he starts with one, and he makes all nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times of history and the boundaries of their lands. That means God made you, and he knows you. You're no accident. He formed you in your mother's womb. He knew if you'd be a wanted pregnancy or an unwanted pregnancy. He knows the color of your eyes, how many hairs are on your head. He knows your unique personality, knows when you're born, where you're born, what kind of situation and circumstance. He knows the seasons of all of our lives. He knows that all of us are going to have seasons of joy and seasons of struggle, seasons of success and seasons of failure. He knows all of this, and he appoints a certain time for us to live and boundaries around our lands because He loves us. He unleashes us on planet Earth with our unique personality and gifts, and he says, now live. And the text goes on to say that he does this, for God did this so that that they might seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. Why did he put us on planet Earth? He loves us, and he made us to seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him. He made us to have a relationship of love with him. But mm, we don't really care about that, do we? Though he is not far from all of us. You know, God's a gentleman, and he whispers to humanity. So important to know that he whispers through creation. He whispers through joys. He whispers through sorrows. He whispers through seasons because he knows that if he would shout, if he would show up and make himself known in a loud way, he would scare us. He would overwhelm us with his perfect holiness. And so he whispers all the time. He is wanting us to seek him because he knows of how much value he would bring to our lives. For in him we live and move and have our being He entrusts us with oxygen and says, I want you to live and move and have your being in me, but I'm not going to shout over you and I'm not going to force you to do it. I made you to seek me and to find me because I am so valuable and I love you, but you have choices to make. And even though this is why God made us and he made us in love, he made us this way. And yet, honestly, we reject him. He made us and he loves us and we reject him. You know, we, we could seek him, though he's not far from us, but we choose to stop seeking him. I don't need you, God. We could find him, 
He's not far from us. We could keep him, but instead we throw God away and we've made a hell of a mess of this planet because of it. As humans, we've rejected him and because of that, look at our world. Do we need to get a review of camera shots of all human history to see all the ways this place is messed up? The centuries of war? Wars in the name of religion? Do we need to look at our world and see like, really? All the violence, all the sexualization of everything, all the exploitation of poor people, all the exploitation of women, all the exploitation of people of color, all the ways we've been violent and sexual and made a mess of this place. We've done some good things. But this place is messed up. God made us and he loves us, but we reject him. So question for you, would it be justifiable for God to stop seeking people and just throw us out? I mean, like, think about it. If he made us and he made us have a relationship with him and he wants us to live and move and have our being in him, but we instead say, I don't need you, God. We reject him and we make a mess of things. In his perfect holiness, wouldn't it be appropriate on one level for God to say, you know what? I'm done with you. I mean, there's a time to seek and a time to stop seeking. There's a time to keep and a time to throw out. I mean, there's something inside me that goes, you know, God, I would understand why you would look at our world and go, enough is enough. And just go, I'm throwing this whole thing out. Scrap it. Let's start over. Would that be understandable and justifiable for God to do that? I can kind of make sense of that and go, you know what? I could see God doing that. And it's so easy for me to look at our world and go, what a mess. To look at other governments and our government, our politicians, to look at people around me, the people at work, and go, look at the mess everybody's making in our world. Look at all the mess the people that have gone before me have made. Look at the mess the people that are different than me that are making. It's so easy to look at our world and see all the mess that everyone else is making and not see the mess that I'm making. I'm making a mess, and so are you. We take this life that God has entrusted us, these gifts, this personality, this season, this moment, we take all that he's given us and we make a mess of it. And it's so easy for us to point fingers at everyone else when I'm a part of the problem and so are you. We're making the mess. We're doing it. So my son started to listen to country music, all three of them. I mean, and I don't really know. Like, we don't really live in the country. I mean, this is kind of Pennsylvania, but I don't know. It's like, it's not super country. And yet, like, we're, so I'm, they're listening to country music, and I'm, so I'm starting to listen to country music. And guess what? There's some good country music out there, <laughs> right? And so I heard this new song recently by a guy named Braden Wallen. And I'm not holding him up to you as a hero or anything, because he's messed up. But he, he writes this song, he sings this song that I think is really helpful. It helps me to understand him, and it helps me to understand me, and maybe it'll help you understand you. He writes this song. I'm not going to sing it. I know, it's disappointing. <laughs> the lyrics go like this. God made the world in seven short days. He said it was good. I bet it was great. Then God made a man, and man got lonely. He said, please, Lord if I could only have an angel to hold in my arms. So God made a girl, his best work of art. Oh, but he didn't make no place to go when she breaks your heart, so man made a bar. <laughs> I mean, what a fantastic line. It's like God made the world and man made a bar. I mean, this is the diagnosis of our existence. 
that we can look at our lives and go, God, you've entrusted so much to us. You've given us life and breath and everything we've got. You've given us relationships. You have given us alcohol. All these good gifts come from your hand. And yet we take what you've given to us as a gift and we mess it up and make a bar. And we think that when we screw up our relationships, we get lost in alcohol or whatever else we get lost in to make ourselves feel better, to fix our own problem. We make a mess and we try to fix our own mess with our own bar or whatever else you do. We do this in a thousand ways every single day. The Bible describes it this way in Isaiah chapter 53. It says, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to our own way. So we, we look at our situation, our circumstance, look at how we live and breathe and have our being, and we do it our own way. We go our own way. We're like sheep that are stubborn and independent. We wander all over the place and make a mess out of everything. But this is incredible. We turn to our own way, but the Lord looks down at us, and instead of being grossed out or frustrated, Instead of just throwing us away, he sends his one and only son into planet Earth to save us. His son shows up on planet Earth and lives his life perfectly. So he goes through all the ups and downs, lefts and rights, seasons of life from childhood, toddler, teenager, adult. He, he lives all of this. He always loves God perfectly and loves his neighbor perfectly. And he willingly lays down his life, not for his sin, but for our sin. God looks at the mess that we make and instead of just throwing us away, he lays on his son the iniquity of us all. Why would he do that? Why would he do that? It's because that's how valuable you are to him. That's how much he loves you. Jesus writes about this in Luke chapter 15. He's describing, he tells a story describing lost sinful people like me. He says, suppose, of you, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them, doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts his sheep on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me, I found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there'll be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. I mean, doesn't this show you the heart of God and how much he values you? That he loves you so much that you're like a lost sheep. He gets it. He knows it. He knows you made a bar. He gets it. And so when Solomon says there's a time to search and a time to give up, He's looking at you and me. God's looking at you and me and he sees us like a lost sheep. And there might be 99 people that aren't lost, but he knows you are. And rather than giving up searching for you because you've messed it all up, he goes, I love you way too much to not search for you, to not seek after you. How does he do it? He whispers. He's not gonna come on a megaphone. It's not gonna be a big deal. You might call it coincidence when you met someone who talked to you about God. You might call it luck. You might call it happenstance, serpendipity. I call it the God of the universe made you and loves you and you reject him, but he will not stop seeking and serving you. It's just his nature. He can't stop. And while you have breath in your lungs, he is going to whisper and bring seasons and circumstances into your life to call you 
to himself. He loves you so much. And Solomon says there's a time to keep and a time to throw away. And I know in my lostness, maybe in your lostness, there's times that I think I'm a piece of trash worth being thrown away. There's a time that I look at what I've done and things I've said and things I've thought. I look at the shameful things that I've done or the shameful things that have been done to me and it'd be easy to see myself as a dirty, filthy piece of trash that deserves to be thrown away. But the God of the universe says, I will never throw you away. You are not trash. No matter what you've done or where you've been or what you touched, or what you smoked, it does not matter what you've done and who you are, you are valuable. You are made in the image of God and he loves you and wants to redeem you and make you new. There's a time to keep and a time to throw away. And here's where Easter comes in. On Good Friday, we learn this in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, five, God who made him who had no sin to be sin for us. So who's this? This is Jesus, the one who had no sin. He made him to be sin for us. I want you to think of this exchange. I am a mess. You're a mess. We've botched it all. The perfect son of God shows up on planet earth to go to a cross to take on uh, himself my sin. And there's like this trade-off that happens. I give him my sin, and do you see what he gives me? So that in him we might become the righteousness of God, God's perfect standing in his son, his right relationship that he has with God the Father. He's like, I'll trade. I'll trade you. You give me your mess. You give me your sin. You give me your shame. You give me your guilt. I'll take it to a tree and pay for it, and I'll give you my perfect standing before God Almighty, and it will start now that you can have a relationship and be reconciled to him right now, this incredible trade the Son of God does for us on Good Friday. And he gets put in a grave, and he's dead, and on the third day, he rises again from the dead, proving he's not just smoke and spitting out words like a good moral teacher, that he is, in fact, the Son of God, and he says to the world, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. How do I live? Do I live by trying to fix myself and cleaning it up, making a bar? God made the world, I made a bar. Is that how I do it? No. Whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And he asked the question, do you believe this? And it's a question for all of us. Do you believe it? And you can go, no, I don't. Okay. It's fine. You're welcome here. I hope you continue to come and you join your spiritual journey. You're welcome here. You don't have to believe this. But do you get tired of being lost and trying to find yourself? Are you lost? Do you feel like trash? You feel like you're a dirty piece of garbage? Do you feel guilty? Do you feel shameful? Do you feel lost? You know, the, the Son of God says, I'm not gonna stop searching for you. I'm not gonna stop seeking you. I'm not going to throw away. Jesus loves lost people so much that he sacrifices himself to bring you home, to bring you and me home. And so if you're lost and you're tired of trying to find yourself, you know, our world will tell us, hey, go find yourself. Let me tell you, if you go try to find yourself, you're just going to get more lost. Find Jesus. 
He's searching and seeking for you. He knows you and loves you and has a plan and a purpose. And the more you seek after him, the more you will see him, the more you'll experience his goodness. And if you feel like you've botched it and made so many mistakes that you go, how do I fix myself? You can't fix yourself. But Christ can fix you. He can redeem you. He can help you. He can rescue you. He can clean you up. And so what do you do? You believe in Jesus. Stop trying to find yourself and fix yourself. The Son of God was sent to find and fix you, and he's got an incredible reputation of being able to do it with millions of people. Believe in him. Trust in him, and he'll make all the difference in your life. Would you pray with me? God, thank you that even though we're messed up, even though we fail all the time, even though we get ourselves lost, we try to find our own way, you never give up on us. Thank you that you sent Jesus to live the life we couldn't live and die the death we couldn't pay to forgive our sins. You give us Jesus. And so the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you can be saved. It's no magic formula. It's no magic prayer. It's just being open and saying, God, I surrender to you. I believe in you. Forgive me. He knows the mess you made. It's no prayer that you need to pray that's magic. It's just saying, God, I'm a mess. Forgive me. And he promises that if you put your trust in him, he'll give you his perfect standing. He'll clean you up. He'll give you new life. So you can be forgiven now. And when you die, you'll be in his presence forever. But you can walk with him now by faith in his son. So wherever my friends are today, God, I know what it feels like to be lost. And I know what it feels like to be found. And I know the peace that comes, that even when I make mistakes as your son, I'm not ashamed. You convict us, but you don't shame us. You guide us and lead us, and we don't have to be lost. So I pray that every person in the sound of my voice online, here on campus, put our hope and trust in Jesus, because he changes everything. We can't fix it, but you've done it. So help us. Forgive us, humble us, and give us grateful hearts for all that you've done. May we walk in a manner worthy of the calling we've received as sons and daughters. May we represent you well in this world. That those who are in Christ would love like you love and serve like you serve. Treat others the way you treated us. Please help us to be your representatives on planet Earth and bring peace, not chaos. Bring love, not hate. Bring joy, not pain. Thank you, Jesus, for rising again for the dead for us. Give us great hope in you today. In Jesus' name, amen.